This morning, I want to share some, uh, just some thoughts with you concerning legacy. This morning, we're kind of kicking into this series about legacy. And this morning, uh, you know, as we walk through it, it'll kind of get into some different things. But I really want to encourage you uh, to think differently about your life. Uh, specifically in this area of legacy. And so we're going to spend some time talking about this uh, over these next couple of weeks. But uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 12. And there's an account here that I believe uh, is pretty common for many people in life. And so we're going to start here and then we're going to walk through some things together. But Jesus is teaching here and so it's a parable. So Jesus is telling a story And it comes out of Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 13. It says, uh, someone called from the crowd and said, "Uh, teacher, please tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. So they're arguing about an inheritance. That's actually what's going on. That's what they're asking Jesus. And Jesus responds in verse 14. It says, friend, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? Jesus goes on. He says, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told a story. He said, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he told himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. What a problem to have. I have more money than I have bank account. That would be my translation of that. It's like the bank called me and said, I got too much money. I need to come take it out. What a good problem to have. He says, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Says, then I'll have enough room to store all of my weed and the other goods, and I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have enough stored for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to the man, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you've worked for? Verse 21 says, Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not be uh, rich with a relationship with God. Now, there's lots of ways that we can take this story. But one of the things that I, and really the main thing that I want to, you to catch this morning is this, is that this man was only concerned with that which was right in front of him. All he saw was the abundance that he had. And so he was just thinking about that moment, not really thinking longer term. And I, I think that's important for all of us. And I don't care if you're 15, 55, it doesn't matter. We all ought to be thinking longer term about our life. Not just in, in, in terms of years, but in terms of influence and impact. Because that's what legacy is really about. Legacy is not just about money. As a matter of fact, that's probably the least significant legacy you could leave. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not the most important thing. See, he hadn't given much thought to the moments beyond that moment. All he could think of was, man, I'm loaded and I need a bigger barn. So I'm going to do all of this. And God said, if you understood the day, you wouldn't care about your abundance. Because he, if he understood that was his last day, he wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered. But he was focused on something that didn't matter. So here's my question for you this morning. Is are you living... For more than just this moment. See so many times life just becomes daily, weekly, paycheck to paycheck. I'm just trying to survive. But are you living for more than just that? 
Because we can reduce life to just, well, I'm going to deal with today because today's in front of me. And not really make some preparations for further down the future, not making really provision for some things. And, and yes, there are some natural financial things, yes, you can say that. I'm, but I'm not talking about saving money. That's not necessarily what I'm really talking about this morning. Amen. I'm talking about things that matter much more than that. Are you, you know, depending on your season of life, are you just working your job, just trying to pay bills, but yet just letting your kids grow up in the house but not really ever building a relationship with them are you and your spouse just trying to make it through life but not actually maintaining a relationship why because if you don't one day you'll wake up and you'll both go we don't know each other maybe life would just be easier separate and so you go your own ways it's not that you plan for that it just kind of happened right how many times do we hear that saying well, I didn't mean for this to happen. It just kind of happened. That happens because we just live in moments. We just go from moment to moment to moment to moment, never being intentional about where we want to end up. And, and, and so we, we don't want to be like this man, only living in the moment, only living for this year or this season of our life. We have to have a bigger picture for our existence. There is more to life than waking up, eating, breathing, sleeping, and eventually not waking up. There is more to life than that. There is more for us than that. So my next question is this. Have you thought much about the legacy that you will leave? I mean, like, really, the, the legacy that you would leave. Psalms 90 verse 12 says this. It says, help us to remember that our days are numbered And help us to interpret our lives correctly. Number my days. Number my days. Why? Because every day counts and every day has a purpose. There's no non-essential days in our life. Why? Because they're not infinite. We have a, a number of days. And yet here, the psalmist writes and says, Help us to interpret our lives correctly. In other words, don't, don't waste our life, plan our life, have, have an objective, and really, and, and more importantly, is why not ask God why he created you? What's my purpose? Why, why did you put me here? Now, this isn't some planning seminar or, you know, have your dream life laid out and go pursue that. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. At all. But what I am wanting to communicate is that I believe that it's better to look ahead and prepare than it is to look back and regret. See, many times we don't think far enough in the future and therefore when we look back at our life, we have regrets. Why? Because we didn't plan for properly. Whether that's relationally, maybe it is financially, but maybe it's spiritually. You know, one of the things that that I have seen is that as I've talked with people who are older, usually they talk about the things that they didn't do, not the things that they did. Even their failures, they look at them in a a unique way. Because they're like, you know what? If I wouldn't have had that failure, I wouldn't have learned this, and it wouldn't have done this, and it wouldn't have. So even their failure, they look at from a positive light. Why? Because it was that failure that helped them get to where God wanted them to go. 
But what I do hear is a lot of regret. I wish I would have. I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have told, you know, kind of flipped this. I wish I would have told my mom, my dad, how much I loved them, how much I cared for them. You know, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity where I'd been listening to several guys who were about my age um, talking about losing their dad. And it just really got me to start thinking about my dad because my dad's still here. And so I started thinking of like, what would I say at my dad's funeral? Like, how would I characterize, how would I describe my dad and, and how much I loved him and respected him and all these things? And then this other thought came to me, which was this is, How crazy would it be for me to stand up in front of other people and tell them how much I respected my dad and never tell him? He's still here. And it was just like this moment that I was like, wait a second. That doesn't even make sense. Why would I say all these really nice things to everybody else? So one night, not too long after that, I had an opportunity with my dad. And I'll just be honest, it was a little awkward because it's not really the normal course of conversation. And I told him basically what I just told you. And I said, so dad, I want to tell you what I respect about you the most. What I admire about you. How much I love you. And I'm so thankful. My dad's still with me, but I'm still thankful that that I'll never look back and be like, I wish I would have told him And it's not like, you know, I mean, I love my dad, but one of the things I'll just tell you, one of the things I respect about him the most is he believes the best in every person. It doesn't matter how many times they screwed up. He's like, ah, they'll figure it out. God's working with them. They're not done yet. He's just positive all the time. It doesn't matter. He's just the benefit of the doubt. Oh, you know, they're good. I'm like, no, they're, they're not. I was trying to think how I was going to say that nicely and nothing was coming. <laughs> if you ain't got nothing nice to say, I don't say anything, right? But how many times, and even, even think of, like make this personal in your own life. What are some regrets that you have right now? What are, what are some things that if you don't do, will you regret later? Because we ought to think about these things. You're like, well, this seems kind of morbid. It seems kind of like, yeah, but if we don't think about it, guess what? We're, we end up with regret in the end. If we actually think about it, it means we can do something about it. You know, I've watched over the last uh, couple of days, obviously, uh, President uh, George H.W. Bush just recently uh, has passed away. And so I've watched a couple little things with the family all talking about him. And I thought it was interesting as I've watched and I've listened, you know, specifically that he began to talk about his presidency. And like he didn't like the word legacy. He called it the L word and told everybody, do not talk about it. Like it was just, it was kind of like, you know, his four letter word. He was just like, nope, don't do it. And, uh, you know, but I thought it was interesting because they were asking him about his legacy and this and that. And it was actually his granddaughter interviewing him. And he says, it doesn't really matter about my legacy as a president. History will say whatever it's going to say. And he never said it, but I could just by watching him and listening to him, the legacy that mattered to him was his family. 
who they knew him to be. The relationships that they had, the conversations they had, the experiences that they shared. You know, and I thought one of the, which I'll just share this one, one of the things that I thought was so neat about him is that to this day, White House staff still talk about how kind he was. How kind he was. He was the most powerful man on the planet. And the people who worked around him just thought about how kind and gracious and thoughtful he was. That's a legacy. Now, he didn't want to talk about that, but yet that's how he'll be remembered. And I believe that we ought to think about this in the long term. Why? Because God is a long-term God. God doesn't look at your life just for your existence. God looks at you in a succession of generations before you and after you. That's why the Bible talks about that. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says, I will bless because of your righteousness to a thousand generations. He's a generational God. And so even what I can see is many times, you know, in my life, blessings of my life. Many of the things that that God has done in my life really aren't to do with me. They're because of my parents and because of my grandparents and because of my great-grandparents. Because people who have served the Lord for generation after generation after generation. You're like, yeah, but I'm a first-generation Christian. Like nobody in my family serves the Lord. I don't have that kind of heritage. But you're leaving that. You're the most important generation in your family if that's the case. Don't allow the enemy to speak against that and somehow diminish your value and say, well, I don't have that. No, but you're changing it. How powerful is that? And yet God looks at us from a long-term perspective, not just in our 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever it may be. God looks at it at a much greater picture than that. See, God is mindful of our legacy. I mean, Christmas, if you really want to get down to it, what's it all about? It's celebrating the legacy of Jesus. It's really what it's all about. And here we are, 2,000 plus years later, still talking about this man who came who lived life as a human being just like us, ultimately died a death on a cross and rose from the dead for what purpose? So that we could now have a connection with the creator of the universe. That's what we're celebrating. It's that God stepped off of his throne and came into the earth. It's legacy. And see, God is concerned about every one of our legacies. And if he's concerned about it, maybe we should think about it. Right? And I don't mean like in some weird, like self-centered, I want to be great and I want people to talk nicely about me. That's not what I'm talking about. See, the reality is, is that we don't just leave a legacy. We have to build one. Amen. It's built over time. We think about leaving a legacy, but the truth is, is that our legacy begins at birth. When we're born, our legacy begins in that moment. It's built throughout our lives. And here's the other side of this that I really want you to catch. It doesn't stop when you die. Your legacy will actually follow you into eternity. You will be known in heaven for the life that you live today. 
It's not just, well, what am I leaving here? No, what are you taking with you? I mean, it's pretty clear from Scripture, we take nothing with us when we leave. We came here with nothing, we leave with nothing, right? But this legacy, this life that we have lived before people, we actually get to take that with us. The Bible says that we're actually going to stand before God and we will take what is our legacy, our life, and we will lay it before him. And it says it will be tested by fire and some things will be burned up that were unessential, unnecessary. But there's going to be some things that will remain that were actually of value. So we all have that day. But see, this life is more than just right now. We've got to be intentional on a regular basis. Take some inventory. You know, I've just had the blessing curse of moving again. And every time I move, I'm like, golly, why do I have this box? Just put it in the yard and burn it, you know. Like, I don't even know what's in it. I don't even care. I hadn't even opened it since the last time I moved. I know I'm the only one like that, but... So it's like, what is this stuff? And does it really, do I even need it? Sometimes we got to do some spring cleaning, right? Of our heart. What things are taking up space in your, in your heart, your soul, your mind that just are unessential and they're not helping you build the legacy that you want to leave, that you want to have. See, I believe part of this for us as Christians, part of it for us as believers is the approach that we take to life matters. Because I believe what happens is that many times is that we take our life and we think about heaven and eternity from this perspective. Right? We're looking at the life that we live and we're like, well, here's my life and I'm trying to imagine what heaven would be like. It's impossible. Because our life, the Bible says, is but a vapor. It's like a moment. It's a blip on the radar of history, and yet eternity is forever. Really, the way that we ought to be living our life is like this. We ought to be eternity-minded, looking at it from the eternal perspective at this life. Why? Because if I'm thinking about eternity, it changes the way I live today. If I'm just thinking that this is all there is, and this life, I mean, hey, there's lots of things that I would do. But yet I want to live a life that when I stand before God, that it's, man, I'm bringing a whole bandwagon full of stuff saying, God, here's the, my life and you can test it by fire and I believe it's still going to be there. This is the way that we are to live. See, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, it says that God has planted eternity in the heart of man. Inside of every human being. And I, you know, I'm a, I used to really like debating people, especially like atheists and things, and the Lord convicted me about it. And uh, quite honestly, but uh, because of that though, I would go and study people who were atheists, who were adamant against God. And it's amazing time after time after time, how many of them on their, on their deathbed said, I know there has to be more. I just never got an answer. Why is that? Because the eternity is put into our heart. We're hardwired for that, to know that there is something more than just this life. So the question becomes, how do you want to be remembered? 
What do you want to be remembered for? What wisdom do you want to pass down to generations coming behind you? You know, speaking of President Bush, I thought it was interesting. I didn't know this about him, but he was pretty uh, a pro- prolific writer. And he wrote notes, notes, just, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And, and his family talked about that. They said he left us all of these letters and they're reading them and talking about them. You know, what a unique thing to have. It's just his life, basically, it's kind of like his autobiography, I guess. But just in all these pieces of paper and letters and, you know, all these things that he had sent them through the years. And yet, how do we want to be remembered? Let me ask that another way. How do you want to be known for eternity? Do you want to be known as Scrooge, stingy, short with people? Or do you want to be known as, man, they loved people. They they went out of their way to help people because the truth is that's how you'll be known. You'll be known by what you've done in this life. Heaven is not just us sitting on clouds, floating with angels, listening to music. Like, there's a lot more to it than that. But what we do now matters. Kind of going back to the family. Your family legacy. You know, I I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I had the opportunity, about a month ago, I guess, uh, to go and sit down with uh, David Green, who's the CEO of Hobby Lobby. I was in a room of about 100 people with him. And uh, it was very interesting to, to listen to him talk about this legacy uh, and really their family legacy. And they had family values and all these things. And it was very interesting to listen to him talk about it and just kind of their approach to life. It was very interesting because obviously they have a $5 billion company. They're, they probably need an extra bank or two. And, uh, you know, I mean, their, their company's enormously successful. And yet he's like, none of it matters. It could all go away and it. It means nothing. And here's like the mantra of their family. I think I shared it with you once before, but it does well to share it here is that only what you do for Christ will last. That's the whole goal. That's the whole vision statement of their family. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. Last where? Last in eternity. Proverbs 13, 22 says this. It says a good person... Or good people leave an inheritance to their grandkids. To their children's children. Some translations say that. I hope you realize that that's not simply talking about money. It's fine if you leave a financial inheritance. I can tell you because I heard him talk about it. David Green is not leaving his family money. It's pretty interesting. Just kind of, I mean, you know, you would just think. And, he's, and here was his concern. How do I not ruin my family with money? That's what he, that, that was his concern. Now, they, they do all kinds of things. They're extremely generous. But they had, it was very interesting just to even listen to him talk about this. The most important things, legacy, that you'll leave are not materially or, or, or financially things. It's the spirituality and the morality of which governed your life. It's your faith in Christ. It's the the beliefs that you held to. Like you treat people decently. Like that's part of, that's a legacy. You're gracious to people. That's a legacy. 
You're thoughtful to people. That's a legacy. And you have to teach these things to what? To your kids, to their grandkids. Be like, my mom is is a manners Nazi. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because she has this, I mean, I've heard her say it many times. She's like, don't talk to your mother like that. And I've seen her do it. I mean, they've got eight grandkids and my mom will come over and she'll say, I know she's your mother, but she's my daughter. You will not disrespect my daughter. That kind of communicates. <laughs> my mom doesn't say a whole lot, but when she does, you kind of listen. But why? Because that matters to her. I mean, it does. And she's not some over-the-top, you know, Kind of, but at the same time, she's like, hey, this matters. That's part of her legacy. Here's the thing about spirituality and morality you can't buy those with money, it's impossible. It's who you are that gets passed on to the next generation and the next generation and to those people around you, even outside of your family. People see the way that we live and they see that we walk through trials and and we walk through things. But they're like, you walk through this differently than normal people. Good, because normal people are freaked out and worried and stressed out. And I don't want to be that kind of normal. I want to walk through situations with grace, with peace, with love and care for other people. That's the legacy that I want to live. And so because of that, I'm mindful of that right now. I don't need to wait until I'm older to start thinking about this. No, I need to start thinking about it now. Why? Because I've got a young boy and a young girl who are watching me. And I believe wholeheartedly in the principle that says you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Right? Don't expect your kids to be something that you're not. Doesn't mean that you don't want better for your kids. I believe everybody wants better for their kids. But we have to model that for them. You can tell them all day long what to do, but what do you do? I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. Quite the opposite. When we're not perfect and our kids are old enough to get it, we ought to tell them, I'm sorry, I screwed up right there. You can be better than me. My dad did it with me. And in those areas, I am better than him. I don't say that pridefully. I say because he told me that. And yet, but it does require for, for me to be mindful of those things. Here's another thought for you. Is that legacy always involves people. Always. Legacy always involves people. Because whatever we do for others, our legacy lives on through them. And I don't mean just from a a, a family standpoint, although I believe it does apply to that. Legacy involves impacting people. There are people, like I'll I'll tell you a name that you've never heard of and never will. There's a guy named Kevin Pickens. He was my youth leader. And Kevin started talking to me about baseball because I played baseball and he had played baseball. I am part of Kevin's legacy. Kevin's not a preacher. 
As a matter of fact, he works for, I think it's Centerpoint Gas or Arkla Gas. And he's done that for a long time. But when Kevin stands before Jesus, I'm going to be standing with Kevin. Because I'm convinced without his influence, I would not be saved today. He's just a random guy at a youth group. But I'm Kevin's legacy. Now there's other people that I would voice that about as well. But, but yet... So whose legacy will you be a part of? Who's going to be a part of yours, that influence, that impact that you've had just by believing in people and walking with people and praying with people and encouraging them and maybe picking them up at times to help them to move on and to move forward? This is all part of our legacy. We ought to always be looking for ways to add value to others today. Not tomorrow. What can you do today? And every day you can say this. You ought to wake up with that thought in mind. What can I do today to add value to somebody else's life? Because the truth is, if you'll add value to theirs, they will begin to add value to yours. We call it loving people. Add value. Like, well, I don't really know how to do that. Be kind, be gracious. When you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, pray for them. I mean, it's simple things. It's not rocket science. It's just being a light at work, at the ball field, loving your kids, doing these types of things, being gracious to people. I want to give you just three quick things here of ways that you can leave a legacy. These aren't deep, but yet they are very doable. There's three ways that you can leave a legacy. Number one is to have integrity. Now, there's lots of definitions for integrity, but ultimately, integrity actually speaks of wholeness. In other words, I'm one person. I don't have a work life, a church life, a home life. Uh, I need to get away and do my own thing life. No, I am who I am. Integrity is I am the same person everywhere that I go, every person that I come in contact with. And really, it's being true to who God created me to be. You could also say it this way. It's being honest with yourself and with God. Integrity is not pretending to be somebody that you're not. No, I'm, I, I know who God's called me to be, and I'm going to be that person. That's integrity. Let me give you kind of a funny example that help you remember this. Can you imagine? I mean, just go with me since we've already kind of mentioned, go with me to your funeral. You shouldn't have a bunch of people standing up telling stories about you and other people in the room scratching their head being like, that just doesn't sound like David to me. Like, are you sure you got to the right room? Because man, I didn't know that guy. No, I won't. When anybody gets up to talk about me, everybody's like, yep, that was him. And I don't care if they knew me when I was a teenager. I don't care if they knew me from whatever season of life that they would say, yep, that was true about him. I don't want people confused at my funeral. I want people certain, yep, I'm in the right room. That's him. Absolutely. So have some integrity. Don't change by the environment that you're in. 
I mean, I, I haven't always worked at a church. Not perfect. But I tried to be a godly example in every environment I ever was. I've always had opportunities to pray with people. When I was in college, I worked at UPS. And people would come up to me and be like, you're a preacher, aren't you? And I'd say, not yet. And they're like, well, I don't care. Would you pray with me? I can do that. Something different about you. I'm working shoving boxes. And yet people around me would notice something was just different. I don't know what it is about you. That's okay. You're right. I am different though. But see, we we need to have integrity. We need to be who we are all the time. Not this church life, not this home life, not my work life. No. See, the enemy wants us to do that, to live these compartmentalized lives. Well, you know, it's just the guys at work, you know, they don't care what I say. I think the Holy Spirit might. So we need to have integrity. Here's the second thing is to have humility. We need to stay in a place that we acknowledge our need for God. Like, God, man, I need you. I need you in my life. Because humility will keep you where? It'll keep you smack in the middle of the grace of God. Why? Because the Bible says is that God opposes the proud. Now, we're in the middle of football season. That's, let me just give you a, a picture what that actually means. It means that when I'm humble, God is on my side. God's going to hand me the football. Praise the Lord. When I get prideful, God says, hey, time out. Let me get over here. Run the ball, big boy. That's actually what that means. God will oppose us when we begin to become prideful. And to be humble doesn't make you weak, by the way. Many times we associate humility with weakness. That's not what it is at all. Properly, I believe it's unbelievable strength. Here's the last one. The third way that you can uh, really build a legacy is to show generosity. That's to be a blessing to others. These are just little things. Be generous, to be a blessing, to look for opportunities. You know, we have these little cards. If you don't know what they are, they're out there in the foyer. I grabbed one on my way in today. And it just says something extra to show you that God loves you. You know, it's Christmas time. Can I just tell you one of my pet peeves, by the way? And please don't ever let me hear this about you. Man, those people from TDP, they're cheap. They come to lunch. I mean, how many of you have ever been in the food service industry, waiter, waitress? When is the worst tipping? Sunday lunch. Everybody I've ever known has ever said has always said the same thing. Don't be cheap. You're like, yeah, but why would I tip them more? Because you're generous. Leave them a little card. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Just wanted to say thank you. The food was okay, but your service was awesome. Just wanted to leave you a little something extra. If you don't have a church, here's a, come to our church. Don't leave a junky tip and leave one of these. (laughs) 
we ought to be generous. Why? And you're like, well, hold on, man. I, you know, I give and I'm faithful at church. Yeah, but how about going beyond just tithing and just living a generous life? Why? Because the same God who watches your tithe is the same God that watches you tip. It's the, and, and if you're generous, guess what God's going to say? Oh, they're being generous. They're being a blessing. And so, man, so you live that way of just living a generous life and, and putting others first and thinking about them and, and just saying, God, I'm going to honor them because I honor you. We live that way. Why? Because God loves generous people. And we want people to know that we serve a generous God. Well, they can't see him. They can only see us. So, we want to be generous. We want to, to express that to the to people around us. When people ask us, man, every time you come in here, you're so nice to me. Yeah. Dara makes fun of me because she says I'm so nice to people at gas stations. <laughs> and I get it from my mom. I do. Like a little, little my mom always says this. It's funny because my mom's not really a people person, but she knows how to, to interact with people pretty well. And she says, if you want to get good service at a restaurant, ask the waitress her name. And then just say, and then call her by her name. Hey, so-and-so, could I get some, you know, some extra chips? Or I'll get you three baskets. You knew my name. You think I'm joking? Try it. It's amazing. Waitresses will walk up and talk to my mom and not talk to anybody else at the table. I'd like some more to drink too. But I didn't know her name, you know. Mom knew her name. Even something as small as that, that's being generous. You don't realize it. It's being gracious. It's being, and part of generosity is not just financial. Don't reduce it to money. It's living a generous life. It's looking for opportunities to encourage people, to lift them up. To be kind, to be great, all of those things. That's part of who we're called to be and yet it leaves and it builds a legacy for us. So that when we stand before the Lord, our life will matter. I mean, I definitely won't, don't want to stand before the Lord and go like, that's it? <laughs> that's all that's left? No, I, I, I want to live a life going like, oh my, holy cow. God, I had no idea that you would use me to do all of that, to touch all of those people. But see, that happens when we're intentional. It's not going to happen by chance. Because guess what? There's going to be days where you just don't feel like it. I just, I'm not there today. Nope, but I choose. Even today when I want to be so self-centered and just focused on me and forget about everybody else. And nope, I'm making a decision. I'm going to live a life. It's going to be a blessing to people. I'm going to look to add value everywhere that I go, in every circumstance, in every situation, in every conversation. I'm looking to add value. Why? Because I'm a representative of Christ. And I want to point people to Jesus. But yet they're going to get to know me. They're going to see me. They're going to see you. And so this morning... You know, you, you may be here and you're like, man, you're talking about a spiritual legacy and that the spiritual is what matters and, and you know, even having uh, godly morals matter. 
Well, where all of that starts with is with a relationship with God. It doesn't start anywhere else. It starts with us surrendering our hearts, surrendering our lives, not just when we want to, but even when we don't want to sometimes, is to surrender our hearts to Jesus and just say, this is not my life. You've bought me. I'm now no longer my own. So you may be here this morning and you've never surrendered your heart to the Lord.